Hey, I'm Ryan. I'm Dylan. And this is our podcast. This is Distilled California. It's a podcast I'm reading, just so you know I'm reading. It's a podcast for the grain-to-glass crowd. We talk about California spirits, the booze, the history, the myths, the legends. legends. You got to insert the uh, karate chop sound. That's my best George Motz oh. interpretation. Oh, God. Okay. You're watching George Motz now. I love him. Oh, my God. Hey, but that's a different Perfect podcast. Dude. Okay, yeah. Welcome to this one. California booze, California spirits. Brian, Dylan. That's Ryan. I make that stuff. George, if you want to send us burgers, we'll send you booze. Oh, really? Better be a good <laughs> burger. That. That's a thing now. Okay, that's a thing now. So we're here in Santa Ana, and we decided it was a good idea to uh, have a podcast and uh, see if anybody wanted to watch and listen and learn about whiskey and vodka and gin and rum and yeah. uh, everything under the sun that uh, has an inebriating quality. Yeah, uh, yeah. the show really exists to showcase the, the goodness of the California spirit that we, that we make here. Um, and it really, it's a very fun, uh, oh hell, it, it's just fun, it's educational. We're talking about whiskey, how bad can it be? Yeah, yeah, like you, like you say, it's... Um, you make the light stuff, your your vodkas and your gins to keep the lights on, but the brown stuff, which we'll be enjoying later on today, is fun, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's all about California spirits, yeah. and that's why we've got the California yeah. map back here. It's a 1920s map, did we decide? A little bit earlier, I'm thinking. But, I mean, Imperial County and Riverside County, we love you, but you're not in this map. You know, uh, we recognize you. We'll figure out where you are on this map somewhere. But it's a boozy podcast, yeah. but we're also going to talk about history, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, the history of California spirits, the, the grain to grass movement, the grain to glass movement. What about grain to grass? That could be another podcast. Yeah, I mean, that's when we talk about Humboldt. Yeah. But, um, wow, that was a good segue. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so we the purpose of this podcast is really to talk about what we make here, you know, and we're proud Californians. And to create uh, more informed drinkers. Uh, that way you know what goes into your glass, what goes into the bottle, and what you're ultimately taking into your body. Uh, that may sound a little bit too clinical, but we all enjoy drinking for various reasons. Um, and we all want to partake in, in the best products. Uh, those that we can afford and those that we try or mooch from. Like, Aspirational. You know, yeah. Like most, most of my friends come here just to see what I have in the, in the collection. Um, well, yeah, what's the talk, talk about the set, Dylan, that people are going to get to hopefully get to know? Yeah, so um, this is a, a vintage 1930s um, soda fountain cabinet that I purchased in uh, downtown Orange. And here we have our uh, unaged spirits, our vodkas, gins, and aquavits. Uh, bourbons and uh, single malt whiskeys or American whiskeys are here. And then ryes are down here. And rums are here. And then, of course, we have our California map. Uh, various paraphernalia. Various paraphernalia. We have, we're going to be uh, switching out some historic photographs. Uh, there'll be Militaria, Old Hollywood, uh, you name it. If it exemplifies California, it'll be on the wall. And, of course, we'll probably tell a story about it. Because, you know, along with alcohol comes stories. Uh, some of the best interactions I've ever had have been, uh, you know, at the bar or around a table just sharing stories and interacting with people that I consider friends and loved ones. And in fact, that's where we met, right? Yes. Blinking owl, what? 
How many years ago now? It's at g- least four. Yeah, at least four. It's got to be four, right? Because you were Christ. one of the originals. The original norm. Yeah, even though they took the my the- spot. <laughs> they took my spot. Now there's a damn cash register there. Yeah. <laughs> um. So let's start with an intro to ourselves and uh, like our origin story and see uh, and see how we got here to this moment. Ryan, you first, because sure. age before beauty. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, well, my name is Ryan Friesen, and I'm a transplant from Indiana, um, northern Indiana. I used to work at a small distillery actually just across the border in southwest Michigan called Journeyman Distillery. Check it out. They're awesome. Um, and... Uh, uh, my partner, Melissa, and I decided we needed a change of pace. And uh, so we were just looking for opportunities. And we found this opportunity to come out to Southern California. We're in Orange County here. Um, we're in the heart of Orange County in Santa Ana. That's where we are based. And uh, we decided to um, just take a flyer and see if this this whole thing of making a distillery in Orange County, the first distillery in Orange County mm-hmm. since Prohibition, at least, uh, maybe longer, um, uh, and see if it was going to turn into something. And here we are almost, I'm almost seven years into this project. Um, uh, just to, yeah, I mean, here we are. It's it's crazy. There's so much happening at the Blinking Owl, um, but that's for later. Oh, yeah, we have to talk about COVID. Oh, my Yeah, gosh. we got to talk about that. Okay, so. Context um, here, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, we are, we are, we shot this originally, I want to say, a year ago, but those episodes have been lost to time. They're the basement series or the fried yeah. chicken series. Yeah, the, the basement series. Uh, and um, and the, the COVID really acted as an, as an incubator for Ryan and I to sit down and really figure out how to how to make this podcast happen. Oh, the parrots. Um, Los pericos. It might, it might get a little bit louder. <laughs> that, might, that might be a warning shot. <laughs> Uh, uh, but, um, and, uh, you know, in the middle of COVID, um, this is what March of 2020. When things uh, started to really ramp up. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually worked with, uh, with blinking owl distillery, um, uh, which is two miles away from me, uh, making hand sanitizer. It was just like, you know, back during the war, having a wartime job and everyone had like a purpose. Uh, some really good memories uh, were had there. Uh, Memories of that really dark room where the glycerin is held. <laughs> but <laughs> but you were a patron and a friend before yes. COVID happened. But then and then then COVID hits and what happens to distilleries across the country, not just here in California, not just in Orange County, of course, um, is that many decided uh, it was an opportunity to give back to their community. It was a way to keep things moving at the yep. business. And that was through making hand sanitizer because distilleries are uniquely positioned to be able to do that. Um, it's by virtue of the fact that hand sanitizer, or much of it, not all of it, but most of it is made uh, with alcohol as the active ingredient, the part that does the sanitizing and distilleries, craft distilleries, small ones, big ones, all of them are licensed to work with uh, high strength alcohol. So mm-hmm. that's why we were able to do that. And because Dylan was uh, just always available there, you were around. Yeah. I, I mean, I, how did that happen? How did you actually get from customer norm at the end of the bar to <laughs> the guy who's actually going to make the stuff? Uh, lots of asking. <laughs> I, I wanted a job there even back when I was working for the city because, um, you know, it's cool. Like 
I get to work at a distillery. Like who, who gets to do that? You know, it's, it's, it's a very niche job. It's a, um, it's a unique job. It's, it's a historically interesting job. And that's what yeah. kind of sparked the friendship, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. That you were bringing some, um, his, like you were researching some of the history of oh, distilleries yeah. in Orange County. Okay. So we're going to take a step back into how I actually ended up coming back to Santa Ana. I'm born here. Uh, my family's been in Orange County for about 120 years. Uh, but I'm actually first generation American on my dad's side. He came from Cuba in April of 1970. And uh, so I'm actually the first uh, almond girl born in, uh, born in California in my lineage. But um, so I left Santa Ana in 2009 and, um, and I, I came back after seven years of going to school and, and, uh, and interning and, and various things in the history museum field. And uh, I came back and I was like, well, I'm bored. I need something to do. So I started researching prohibition uh, law and, and prohibition history and, and alcohol. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, production in, in Orange County and Santa Ana. Because it's not just booze; it's lots no. of other things. Yeah, uh, the 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 <laughs> with Orange County as a whole being highly conservative historically, I expected to see m- well. I expected to see much more, uh, much harsher laws regarding the, the control of alcohol. Um, so, as I'm doing this research, I am bouncing between the Orange County archives. Um, a, a plug to um, Susan and Chris and Steve. Um, out down the old county courthouse and I'm jumping back and forth between there and the Senate public library in the history room where I, I managed that, that office for three years, uh, from, uh, April of 17 to May of 20 and, uh, great memories were had there. And that basically it's, I, I was a volunteer first for like a year. Um, and, uh, then the, uh, the, the powers that be. saw that I was interested and I knew my stuff and that I had a background in archives and, and understanding how things are stored and, and that I knew context and how to, how to relate to people. And I was hired on the spot. Uh, around that same time, I got a job uh, at the same day. Um, I got a job working for a private collector in, um, in Santa Ana, managing his collection of military antiques. And uh, that was my life for, uh, for three years. And then uh, in the interim, I'm at the Owl. Uh, at the Blinking Owl, probably more often than I should have been, uh, what, once, twice a week, you know, stopping in. And try- Only if we were lucky. Yeah, like trying some of the, uh, I bought a Bourbon Future, uh, which was, how long did it take to get the first, like, two year out? Well, exactly that, <laughs> two years. So, the, I mean, the, everything we were doing at that time was the first time it's ever been done in Orange County. So yeah. Dylan was kind of along for the ride checking that out. And basically just sampling with us as we grew and as we came to be. So, you know, he got to try everything sort of fresh off the still, the first stuff. I was the annoying tick. Um, (laughs) Not annoying at all. We need a guinea pig. Then let's see what it goes. It goes back to. um, To, oh, the drunk history event at uh, at Heritage Museum of Orange County. Another shameless plug. Yeah. Jamie, you're awesome. Good friend. Doing a great job. and uh, that was uh, that was myself, um, Manny Escamilla, another uh, Santa Ana historian, and Kevin Cabrera, uh, former director of HMOC, 
And that was an interesting night. Um, I remember <laughs> we, uh, uh, I, I had way too much gin because the bourbon wasn't out yet. So there was, no. No, there was nothing, nothing aged to drink. So it was just like gin. It was very early. <laughs> and I had a, oh, it was this one. <laughs> I, I had this flask <laughs> and I, I filled it up like probably <laughs> six times. I mean, what is this? What? It's glass. Yeah. No, but how big is it? Oh, it's probably, I want to say. Like 100 mil, 200 mil? Mm, nah. Mm. It, it might be like four gill, which is like three cups. No, no, one, one, two cups. Still, if you filled it up I might, six I times, I might be drunk now, so you know, bear with me. <laughs> but were, um, yeah, it was just it was, it was the three of us on stage, and it's just me, you know, you're pretending no one's seeing me, even. <laughs> and halfway through, <laughs> I mean, it was drunk history, and it lived up to its name. Yeah, but we were actually able to actually to. To, um, we had a PowerPoint display. We had all kinds of historical research. And uh, that led me down the road with, with delving deeper into the alcohol legacy of, uh, of Orange County, the boozy history. And uh, like, uh, an aside, uh, I, um, Orange County was, uh, was voted to be dry in 1900 uh, in the general election vote of 1900 because we had um, a very strong lobby group called the Women's Christian Temperance Union, um, which were uh, uh, big fans of uh, Francis uh, E. Willard, of which we have a, a school named after here in Santa Ana. And uh, we'll we'll get more into the history at a, in another episode, but that's just where the nexus point of me and the Blinking Owl and where this comes from. And uh, yeah, it, it's it's... The, the goal at that time was to prove that Blinking Owl was the first legal distillery of spirit in the history of the county, which it is. Yep. Um, spirit in, as far as this class um, or this class. Um, brandy is would be considered a different class, right? It is. It's still just distilled spirit. But interestingly enough, in the state of California, you have a different license for people who want to distill just brandy oh. versus people who want to make other kinds of spirit. Gotcha. However, the kind of distillery that we are we're allowed to do both oh you fancy yeah okay so why are we doing brandy <laughs> yeah let's do it i'm ready okay cool we just got to convince the people who you know write the checks yeah yeah you need another wealthy investor <laughs> you need an elon musk elon sure. elon there homie bro let's let's get whiskey to the moon <laughs> to the moon bro <laughs> <laughs> uh but when you did the drunk history, that was the first time I ever saw you spit in history. And yeah. and that's when you went to me from somebody who was just like uh, sort of like a guy who hung out at the bar at the distillery trying to learn about whiskey uh, to like, oh, he's kind of legit. He knows his stuff about especially Orange County Santa Ana history, yeah. which was what what really draw, drew me into like getting to know you because uh, as a transplant, a new new person here to Orange County, Southern California, not knowing anything about anything, um, I was picking your brain a lot. And you were happy to indulge me, and I we was had happy great to conversations. vice versa. Great conversations. Yeah, in the before times. <laughs> in the before times. Uh, so I guess fast forward to March of 2020. Uh, I, I, I become more entrenched in the historical community. Blinking Owls bourbon has come out. Rye has come out. Uh, two kinds of bourbon came out. Two we had the weeded. Yeah. yeah, the four grain. Yeah. Um, these were two-year whiskeys, so yeah, still are, very young, but yes. two-year stuff. So it's the first whiskeys ever released in Orange County. Yep. And uh, 
then COVID hits and the world gets turned upside down. Yeah. And I'm like, well, okay. The library is closed. I can't, I can't do history. I can't work with my people. That's the ice machine. And, uh, so I'm like, well, okay, we'll, uh, we'll end that. We'll end that chapter. And, uh, I'll strike out on my own. So were things like very up in the air for you at that time? Did you know what was going to like, what you were going to do? I, I, I always knew I was going to be doing, uh, I always wanted to work for myself. I, I really hate working for others and, and taking, uh, <laughs> so you decided to take a job where you had like six bosses. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, but it, it, I'm, I'm very happy with, with, with paying people who know more than me to teach me how to do the things. Um, but uh, it's, it was one of those like growth moments. I'm about to be 30, you know, and I turned 29 in the middle of COVID <laughs> in June of last year. It's like, oh God, okay. I mean, got to pick up the pace, you know, <laughs> don't, you know. Eh. <laughs> um, so I saw the, the wheels of time grinding against me. And, uh, and then that's, that's kind of where we started working with the owl for what, six, seven months. Yeah, about that. I Roughly? mean, was it? Did you start it as a volunteer, or did you? Were you? No, like, I got you, paid. You yeah. were right into it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Making sanitizer, having to move to wherever there was space in between the massive. Uh, what are those? Those things are those. The tanks. tanks the tanks of, yep. of NGS. Yep. And uh, never mind that. Don't mind the man behind the curtain. <laughs> um. But basically, you, what you have to picture this the the a working distillery that's making spirits, whiskey, vodka, gin, stuff like that, and at, almost at the snap of a finger, a flip of a switch, yeah. everything gets shifted from making something you can drink to making something that you put on your hands or you spray on the table or that something like that. Save your life. Yeah, and at the you know at the time we didn't know where the pandemic was going. Yep. We didn't know where the laws and regulations were going around this stuff. We didn't know if the distillery was going to survive this. Yeah. It was literally just a need, not a knee jerk reaction. It was intentional, but it was a reaction to the situation and taking advantage of the opportunity to be able to hopefully help the community. Yeah. So one of the main things that we did during the hand sanitizer production was uh, donate quite a lot of, of hand sanitizer. Yeah. It went to first responders, hospitals, police, uh, the post office ended yep. up getting some. Yeah. Uh, they ended up becoming a customer then as well. And other other folks did as, uh, for the hand sanitizer thing. But it wasn't about turning making a hand sanitizer business that was going to you know be the future of the distillery. Although we didn't know it at the time. Maybe it could have turned into that. But what it, I think what it turned into, and it's not totally done because we're still doing it, was that opportunity to serve that opportunity to help. And that's where that connection for you and yeah. the whole like wartime reaction. Yeah. We, we had conversations about this at the time yeah. of this feels very, what we would imagine it must've felt like at other times when, when the country came together, worked together to do something for the greater good, not really knowing what the outcome was going to be hoping for the best. Yeah. And like, we really, we didn't know, we didn't know what was going to happen to the distillery. Yeah. Um, so it was great to have people like Dylan and then like we got to keep staff on because of it too. So we were able to maintain most of the staff, if not all making hand sanitizer. And that was essentially us processing, you know, you know, um, high proof spirit that we brought in 
Some of it we made ourselves. Some of it was donated to us in the form of beer that we turned into high proof spirit. That was fun. Which I'm actually, I'm proud to say we are probably going to, it's finally like in a spot where we can make that into hand sanitizer. That's finally. cool. Yeah. We were, we were thinking about dumping it, but I'm, I wanted to save it. I really gotcha. wanted to save it and, and put it in a bottle. But that was the other thing was bottling. And so Dylan, you did a bunch of bottling for us. Yeah. Um, you also did, <laughs> we did a bunch of uh, 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 mail order business. Yeah, a, lot I mean, of mail, that... a lot of mail, a lot of shipping. I was the I was the mail clerk. I was like the oh god, uh, I forget the character in Always Sunny in Philadelphia with the mail scene. <laughs> oh, Charlie! Yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like Charlie. It's like, I have boxes of Pepe. <laughs> I got a box. It's got and at that time we were shipping a sanitizer cross country, and we were able to ship um, alcohol, booze, drinkable stuff, the fun stuff, um, within the state. Fortunately, we had some product built up, so yes. we didn't have to make it at the same time. That yeah, we were making hand sanitizer. Yeah, and also at that time we moved the 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 barrels. That oh, was gosh. fun. Yeah, the great the great barrel move. <laughs> oh god, <laughs> yeah, having the <to laughs> I have the the memory of 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 Max chasing me with the forklift down the street as I'm waving a sign for the other cars to stop or slow down. <laughs> Uh, you ever want to see a fat kid run in shorts in the middle of summer? It's great. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I didn't think of it as you being chased by the forklift. Uh, yeah, no, sure. uh, he, he, yelled, he yelled at me. He's like, yeah. faster, <laughs> faster. But we had to move 150 of our full format, 53-gallon yeah. barrels from yeah. one location to another, and uh, I was glad to have your help. Thankfully, day. it was like 40 feet away. <laughs> Okay, maybe 150. It was, it was around the corner. It was in the same building. Yeah, you just couldn't get there without going on the street. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. Um, so we, you know, yeah. through that time for what you know was about a year ago now, for about six months, yeah. we we got to yeah. turn it from just friends to from from business associate, like knowing each other through business to turning it into a friendship yeah. and then um, colleagues, colleagues at work. Yeah. I learned a hell of a lot. I learned so much in that really? job. Yeah. Oh. But both as the craft and as far as interpersonal things. Oh yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel like there's more to that story. Yeah. We don't have to delve into okay. that. <laughs> that. That's for another when, when that is open. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so that catches us up to where about um, uh, uh, November. I don't know if you worked all the way through November, but mo most of the summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I got I, I was I was working on my national uh, historic district project and and working on a book and all this other stuff. And I'm like, you know, I need some social activity. <laughs> so I had. I think a, we all needed social activity yeah. during COVID. Yeah. And what what do people want to do for social activity now? Because we can't go to bars or we couldn't go to bars at this time. We couldn't go to restaurants at this time. So I basically put the, brought the pieces together and built a bar in my house. Yes. Um, this is it. This is the yeah. raison d'etre. This is why we are sitting here today. Yes. Yeah. So it, it's an expression of me. I love military. I love World War II stuff, World War I stuff, you know, because I had family in the military. Um, I, was not, I was not able to serve. So, and I love... Hollywood history, California history, like that helmet up there is from, it's a civil defense helmet from Wilshire Division of um, during World War II. So it's a, it's a civilian helmet uh, that would have been worn by a police auxiliary. Uh, oh, is civil Are they the same ones who will like fly little airplanes, go looking for people who That's get lost? civil air patrol. Same, 
kind of the same body and there's going to be people who will who will uh, fight me on this in the comments um they 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 are within the the civilian defense um wing i guess but they they're amateur pilots yeah yeah okay yeah cool i've always i thought if i ever am i fortunate enough to get old and crusty that i'd like to get my pilot's license and do that that'd be fun go look for lost hikers oh that's not fun <laughs> i was almost one of those but that's a story for another day <laughs> Um, and I also, uh, um, my, my father passed away back in November. So I have baseball stuff like the photos up there of the Hollywood, um, 94, seven Hollywood stars teams, which I found in his, uh, in his stuff. And, uh, yeah, like it all came together relatively quickly. Really? Um, it was just an excuse for you to, to, to have your own bartender, right? Yeah. Yeah. And to spend money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, we have, uh, my my buddy Eck, the bartender, who you will get to know later on, um, oh, during COVID, he basically trained himself in in how to make cocktails, and uh, he, the the kid's a savant. Uh, no formal training, but he can do it, and I I trust him behind behind the wood here. And he he's never made something that oh no he did, but it was <laughs> it was my uh, it was my uh, order. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm like, okay, try this, try this, and this. It turned out the drink tasted like literally orange chicken. It was weird. Like that that is that is a, a glass of regret. <laughs> um and uh yeah, so we we're here now. Um behind the bar. This is the first episode behind the wood here. Um and we're looking forward to much more uh as we take a very circuitous route around California as we follow the map. Uh, we will be showcasing various liquors uh, from around the state of various types. Um, we're, we're actively looking for um, for a producer of tequila in California. Mm. There might be one, maybe, somewhere. Well, there's a couple people who make agave spirit, ah. but if we're going to get nerdy about it, you can't make tequila in the United States, right? No, did not know that. Okay. Yeah, only in Mexico. Oh. But guess what they can't make? Okay. Cool. Um, You're not going to guess? No. What can't they make in Mexico? We can't make tequila. What can they not make in Mexico? Oh, bourbon? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Bourbon can only, made, can only be made in the United States. Yeah. You know what, though? Yeah. I, ask, I answer that question all the time on tours. We haven't done tours in a long time, but when I do, all the time. And the one that I can't answer I for miss myself. The tours so much. Oh, they're coming back. Oh, good. Um, we're at now in, what is it? Yellow tier? Are we orange. in yellow tier? We're in orange tier. Yeah, we're so orange. it's purple, red, orange in, Cal in California. And um, we're in orange tier now. That means 50% occupancy inside, I think, maybe. You mean I get have my spot back? You might. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and that also means that we can you can do some still socially distanced, but like things around people. So I, we're going to try to bring the tours back. Nice. I had a train of thought about that. I don't know what it was. Uh, about Mexico and, and bourbon. Bourbon. Yeah. I don't know if you can make something called bourbon in a territory. Okay. Yeah. Like so the, they like, can't make bourbon like in, in, the in Guam? Yeah, that's what I want to know. <laughs> can you make bourbon in Guam? Anybody from Guam, I want to know the answer to this. Can you make bourbon in Guam? I would think yes. I would think yes. But I don't know if it's, if it's 50 United states. states. Well, yeah. yeah, it's 50 states. So Hawaii makes bourbon. There's two places making, at least two that I know of, making bourbon oh, in Hawaii. Okay. But I also, the thing I don't know about them, okay, if you're one of these folks in Hawaii, I can't remember your names. Um, do you grow the corn in Hawaii 
or do you have it shipped in? I want to know. Gotcha. Okay. I'm not, it's not no judgment. I'm oh, just curious. Is it grown in Hawaii? So Ryan forgot to mention, he's also vice president of the California Artisanal Distillers Guild. So it is within his wheelhouse to, to know who's making what and how. Yes. I demand this yeah. information. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, he, he doesn't have subpoena power, but he will fly out there. <laughs> I'll just there. call you and bug you and ask yeah. you for a tour. <laughs> yeah. Uh, One of the best distillery tours I ever went on in my life was in um, Hawaii. And that's that was cool. at um, Pau Maui. P-A-U. Pau Maui. I don't know how to spell it. P-A-U, I think. But yeah. um, they are attached to a pineapple plantation. That's cool. And they make some of their spirits with like a blend of pineapple or all from pineapple. I'm not sure. Uh, um uh, vodka and but the pineapple part of the tour i mean the, the regular distillery tour was cool but i've done like you know many many of those but the pineapple plantation was like mind-blowing yeah. learning about how, how they're growing it there maui gold pineapples are incredible um and uh i don't know they're just really good but anyways so how did you end up at blinking owl you gave an abridged version, but yeah the my story is not as cool as yours i was from northern indiana home of some of the best whiskeys in the world some of the most whiskey made in the world in indiana but i didn't know any of this stuff until i started making booze um but i was working like i said at journeyman distillery came in on the bottom was bought on the bottling line just learning as i was going and um worked my way up and uh, uh i realized there's still the three guys who the owner and then the two guys who were above me there this is seven years ago, almost seven years ago, are still there right now. That's cool. So I knew that, you know, they were locals. I knew that I, you know, I kind of tap, tapped out mm -hmm. there or topped out, I suppose. There was a ceiling for me because um, they were always going to have seniority over me. They're great guys. It's uh, uh, Bill, Doug, and Tom. Um, I still talk to them. Um, but I, I, I left them to do that thing, and mm -hmm. I decided I was going to go try something else and, and see if this works. So it, it, long story short, it was just looking for other opportunities. Gotcha. The owners of the Blinking Owl Distillery, we'll get to this in a minute. Yes. Uh, Brian and Robin Christensen uh, had the just absolutely horrible idea to open a distillery in California. Um, they thought that was going to you know work out. It did work out. It's worked out. It's working right now. Yeah. Um, it's just very For all hard. the trials and tribulations, it's working right yes, now. Yes, <laughs> it is working right now. It is just a tough, tough business to be in. Yes. But they they wanted to open they wanted to open up the first distillery in Orange County. Um, and uh, I didn't know any of that stuff at the time. All I knew was that they were looking for a head distiller. I had some experience, enough experience at doing this because I got to touch every little piece of the process at Journeyman, pretty much. Um, and uh, they, they, you know, it was we were both in a situation where we were taking a leap of faith. They were taking one with me. I was taking one with coming out here, like relocating my whole life to do this. And um, they had a ton of like faith in the process because the build out of the distillery took almost two years. I think it was 22 months, something like that. Wow. And um, we, you know, thought, OK, you know, we'll delay the time that Ryan comes out here uh, three months so that by that time when he lands, we'll we'll be able to get the ball rolling. Uh, that turned into from three months to then I came out to, OK, it looks like it's a six month horizon. Um, start construction, break ground. That was a great experience. OK, now it's looking like a year program to get this done. And then just as you go through a build out of a distillery, you learn so many things that you had didn't know. You learn what you don't know. Yeah. And uh, you you just find all these new hurdles that you didn't realize you had to cross. Some of them are regulatory. Some of them are 
local issues. So we, we cleared all of them, but most of them come down to the building itself and installing the equipment and hooking it up and turning it on. Once you've got that done, making the stuff, that happens pretty quickly. Quickly, We did the um, the vodka was the first thing we ever run after the still. And um, how many times did you have to make the vodka make it taste good? Once. The oh, first really? time off the still. <laughs> I was blown away. I'm pretty sure I teared up that day because that was that represented the last two years of my life and my partner Melissa moving here and taking you know this chance and, and working it out and that first stuff to come off the still it was it was an experience. It was a real experience. I'll never forget that feeling. It was uh, overwhelming. It was a sense of huge relief because I'd never made <laughs> this. I don't. I'm happy to sell this. I'd never made vodka from nothing to finished vodka before in my life wow. by myself. Wow. I'd helped at Journeyman. We did uh, you know, a version of that, but um, and I think they're doing the full thing now, but I'd never done it all the way through. So having that come off the still was, was it was incredible. I, okay. I didn't get that story in the first podcast we did a year ago. Yeah. The hell? I don't know. <laughs> um, now, uh, one of the conversations I had with Brian during the COVID times when I was working there, he said that you guys, one day the... Uh, the tanks, the fermentation tanks just came in mm. and you guys placed them yourselves with a forklift? We didn't place the firm tanks. The fermentation tanks are a little less than 10,000 liters. So I don't know what is that. Those are heavy. Well, they're, they're actually not that heavy. Okay. You can move them around pretty easily with a forklift. It's that they're awkward. Yeah. Uh, they're very tall and, and very tough to maneuver in a tight space. You'd have to come to the distillery to see it. But if you go to the website, Shameless plug, blinkingowldistillery.com. You can see the background of the image. I think it's still there. I'm not sure. If it's not, look on Instagram or the other other places. And, the, and you can see from the bar, past the still, you have to look past the copper, past the still, yep. to behind that, and you'll see two silver tanks, two tall stainless steel silver tanks. And if you, if you, I don't know if you can see it in the picture, but if you look really closely, there's not a ton of room above them to get to the ceiling. Yeah, no. Um, so, but there's two stories that you're alluding here to, and I'll, I'll, I'll do them very quickly. One is the, placing the tanks was terrifying because we had to entrust that to a, 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 fork, a truck driver who operated a boom that could lift these into place. Gotcha. He was incredible. That boom was like a third arm for him like he knew exactly where it was at all times he didn't do he didn't nick anything he set those in place that it was nerve-wracking but it was good the bad one was the actually erecting the still the the copper part that makes the booze um that's the one that caused all the hair loss you know i used to have a flowing mane i don't know if you knew that or not yeah, when I was in middle school, um, but that we uh, the 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 Brian the short version of the story is Brian and I were there one night, and uh, we were looking at uh, the the layout of where the still was going to go, and there's two tall columns, and we'll talk about what all that stuff does at some point, um, and they have to be dropped in and set into place or erected in place, and we were just talking about measurements for this. He said a number, I said a number. We were like these two numbers aren't the same thing. Let's measure. He went up in a, in a scissor lift, dropped the tape down to the floor. Um, the numbers did not match. And that meant we had to cut a hole in the ceiling to make it work. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was that's why there's a thingy thing up there. Oh, yeah. If you come Man. to the distillery and do the tour, we'll, I'll tell you all about it. But the, the but the fun, funny now funny to me part is that Brian said that he thinks he drank a bottle of whiskey that night just because it was the worst night during the whole construction process. Makes sense. Makes yeah. sense. So. 
I think that that, that brings us that, to... I think that's a good... That's yeah, good. Yeah. Let's do this. Let's do this. Right, so to the fruits of your labor. Yes. So moving forward, we're going to be featuring different California spirits. Yes. Um, but since this is our podcast and and this is this is our venture, we're going to be homeboys and yeah. do our own. Yeah, su support local. Always. Yep. Tell us that's what you got good. there, Dylan. Uh, this is a two-year-old blinking owl rye. 100% uh, California grain. Uh, on the website, it actually states uh, something about uh, the 100% neurotic goal, yep. <laughs> uh, the totally neurotic goal of being 100% California uh, from grain Thank to glass. You, Cheers real quick. Cheers, sir. Cheers. Cheers, everybody, to the first episode. Okay, take a sip and then we'll talk about it. But yeah, as he was saying, yep. first, first Calif uh, first, first rye from Orange County, mm -hmm. first rye that we made, um, two years old. That means it's a straight rye whiskey. Um, one hundred percent California grown, all organic grain that we source uh, comes from um, mostly from the Sacramento Valley, so up north of Sacramento. Pointed out, Dylan. For those who don't know, there's Sacramento. There's north of Sacramento. Um, there's a little bit. Uh, the thing that makes this particular rye uh, di different to my experience anyways, and that's not all encompassing. There you go. Um, <laughs> is that the, uh, we include some wheat in the rye, in the, in, the in the grain or in the grist bill, I should say. There's also a little bit of malted barley. We have malted barley throughout our portfolio of products. It's yeah. in everything we do. But that wheat offers... I don't know. What do you think? What does it do? A lot of spice. Because, because spice it, is the number one thing that people say when they think about rye. Rye, yeah. Um, there's definite vanilla notes. There's a little bit of butterscotch. There's. I'm getting some some breadiness right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeasty. It's a little bit yeasty. Sure, sure. It's really making my like salivary glands. Yeah, go. there's a little bit of, like almost like a sourness. Slight sourness, like a tartness. Yeah, I guess we get a that lot. That might of, be the spice. We get a lot of cherry, like yeah. stone fruit cherry, running through some mm -hmm. of our products, and I think it, it's it's subtle in this one, but it's more pronounced in the bourbons, which we'll try another yeah. time. Um, yeah, if you circulate this around your mouth and chew on it a little bit, you definitely get a lot of that breadiness. Yeah, and um, and yeah, stone fruit. Like if you bite into, like mistakenly bite into, like the pit of an apricot or like a dried apricot. Oh, all right. Yeah, yeah. Cool. It definitely promotes that chew to me, which I have referred to as the bourbon chew. Most people refer to as the bourbon chew, which is that makes your mouth want to kind of munch on it a little bit yeah. and just mull it over. Um, it this does it for me too. Yeah, this is a very rewarding uh, oh, liquor. Thank you. Yeah. Why, thank you. Rye is kind of my thing. Like I like I like bourbons, but rye whiskey is is what's the most interesting spirit to me. The spirit that's been underappreciated the most. Yeah, even been, though it's the first, it really is. It's one of the first American it, spirits. Well, what's the other one? Barley wine. Well, sure. Or, bar or sure. straight barley whiskey. Yeah, um, but I was thinking of um, uh, rums. Oh yeah. So like black oh, the scrap colonial, molasses, yeah. colonial rums. Yeah. Colonial rums and rye are the two first American spirits yeah and much of the how the colonies got going was based on some of you know it was based on sugarcane trade like the yeah. other things that are less palatable um and um not palatable but 
palatable. Yeah. Um, I mean, essentially, you could turn anything that has sugar or starch, which could be trans tra transmuted into sugar. Uh, I like. Or, I say or, translated, but I like transmuted better. Uh, I'm going to start saying it's a mutation. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, can be made into um, into a liquor. So you could take uh, uh, oats. They make an oat whiskey now somewhere, you know. Is there an oat whiskey in California yet? There has to be somewhere. I think somebody's played with it, but I can't think of who's done it. Uh, but so but you can literally, there's, there's, there's reports of monkeys getting drunk off of eating rotten fruit out in the jungle. Yeah. Like homies. Oh, it's a thing. I yeah, saw a PBS a special about it. <laughs> Yeah, we all love alcohol. Yeah. All creatures love alcohol, from insects up to people. And we have to fight off the like, um, you know, the dive bombing gnats that find the open container of whiskey and want to smell it. They go in, and they can't get out because they get overwhelmed. But like, yeah. we're all attracted to alcohol. That can be a problem. Yeah. Um, but managing that is part of the job. Uh, yeah. So you know, you have to take it for what it is. But I had a bigger point though. I wanted to make. Oh, the colonies. We're kind of built on rum. Oh, yeah. And rye. You said rye is one of the first. Mm -hmm. And it is. Yeah. So George Washington was making a rye at his distillery in Mount Vernon. Mount Vernon. Thank you. Um, History nerd. One of the older ones. Not certainly not the oldest, but no. he was um, at, at the peak of that of spirits and rye was one of them. But this is also around the time where any small farm would have a small still in case they had a, an extra crop. Because if you could afford it, yeah. I mean, copper is is expensive. Yeah. Um, but yeah, absolutely. That, that's probably more eighteen um, hundreds when you're when you're finding uh, farm still farm stills being a popular mm -hmm. thing because you could turn it into a fuel. Yes. Or you can turn it into a cash crop. Ah, okay. But that's that gets now we're talking scotch because that's how scotch got started. Yeah. Because of the excess barley uh, production the, the or taxes, barley. you'd have to turn in your extra crop. Sure. Exactly. Yeah. I don't so, like that. No. No one did. That's why they made this. It's not cool, bro. Yeah. Um, anything else we need to say about this? It's aged in 53 gallon uh, new oak. What level of char is char this? Char number three. Uh, we, we do this is vanilla toast or no vanilla toast? This is no vanilla toast. We have experimented with some vanilla toast, but none of those have been released yet. They're yet to really? be coming. Yep. No, because we didn't get those for the first two years. Oh, okay. okay. I remember but we're now we're getting there. So if we have a two year coming out, yeah. Uh, Anytime soon, it could have the vanilla toast. He, on it. Okay, we'll probably and make it. There was also it. a single malt coming out sometime soon. Yeah, well, single malt's been made for the last two and change years. Oh hell yeah! It hasn't just hasn't been released yet. That takes a little bit longer. Mm. Um, fifty-three gallon new oak char number three. We don't get the these barrels we get from K Kentucky, Missouri, but. We're starting to source barrels from Kentucky, Kentucky, Missouri, or Kentucky slash Missouri. Both Kentucky oh. and Missouri. There's a in, uh, independent stave company. That's it's cool. People who make a lot of barrels. ISC. ISC. Everyone uses your stuff. <laughs> if, if you can, it's great. Um, I like how you you said independent stave company because we had a conversation where I thought it was something else. I used to call it international stave company. Okay. Yeah. And I and I I, re I quickly realized my mistake, but uh, independent. Eh, stave it still company. works. Yeah. One of the bigger ones out there. There's lots of uh, lots of uh, like French oak cooperages. Cooperages is people who make yeah. oak barrels would uh, for whiskey and wine. So I guess th this being like the the debut episode, our coming out party. Do you, do you want to give like a, an overview of how this or that goes into a that with this and this? Yeah, I mean the quick and dirty version. 
hey, is hey. you were alluding to it. You need something that you can turn into sugar mm -hmm. or start with sugar. Uh, usually for most distillers, that's that's uh, a starch of some kind. For us, that's in this case, it's rye, wheat, and malted barley. There's starches in those. If you crack open a little kernel or a grain or a berry of rye on the inside, there's going to be a little white uh, white um, kind of component that you can sort of it's a starch break right? down. Yeah. yeah, that's starch, and that's there. Oh, you're going to get me started on. Spaceship seed. Spaceship ah, yeah. Later. I don't later. Want, yes, I don't want to right yeah, now. That's for episode like three. Yep. Um, and a half. Just remember that. Spaceship Earth seeds. It's going places. Spaceship Earth, the return of the germ. Is the Spaceship Earth on ride at Epcot in Disney World? I, I, I've never been there. I don't go to Florida. No. Y'all have Florida man, so I'm scared. Star man. <laughs> What? Start with a st starch, a starch or a sugar. Lots of things have starch. Think of potato vodka. That's a starch. Mm -hmm. Think of um, um, corn, a bourbon or whiskey, corn whiskey. Corn has starch in it. Wheat, rye, millet, spelt, um, triticale, uh, triticale. Triticale is a combination of wheat and rye. I think it's a combination of wheat and rye. I have never distilled with it, but I've tried some whiskey that is. Um, oats, barley. I think I already said barley. Anything that has starch in it can be turned into a sugar. And if you break down starch into sugar and then you feed that sugar to yeast, yeast makes a wonderful byproduct that's called alcohol. Make some other byproducts too that you don't use, but the important one is alcohol. Uh, once we harness that alcohol through the process of distillation, which we'll talk about at some point, but that's basically the separation of water and al and and um, water and uh, uh, alcohol. Our, our GP is 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 uh, directing us. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> what are you putting out on the table? I don't even know. <laughs> Distillation is essentially the separation of water and alcohol. And that's how we get to what starts off looking clear, yeah, kind of like, like that. This. I don't know if you can see that. This is Golden State California whiskey. It looks like water, but it ain't water. <laughs> this is definitely not water. <laughs> and then it becomes this, right? Through the process of, of aging. But I don't actually like to say aging. I always say maturing. Everything mm -hmm. gets older Maturation. at the exactly the same rate. Yeah. But not, oh boy, just but, went down the wrong way. Yeah. Um, I, I compare whiskey to people. Uh, two people who are the same age uh, will have very different maturity levels. Mm -hmm. Whiskey is the same way. It, okay. <laughs> age is almost irrelevant, not totally, but almost irrelevant. It's how you mature the spirit. So age is but a number. It is but a number. It doesn't mean much. You have to know all the <laughs> stuff behind it. And that's what we're going to delve into in this yeah. stinking podcast. So yeah, that, that's our job is basically we, we want to take you from literal grain to glass and show you and all points in between. Yeah, all points in between. And also, you know, share stories, get a little bit tipsy and have fun with it because I haven't eaten yet. So this is working. Hey, heck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but so that's where we're yeah. you're going to you're going to come in. You're going to tell a lot of the, you're going to talk about friends that you've made in, in the in the world of understanding history here in California. I'm going to talk to friends and about friends that I've made making booze and whiskey. 
Um, some of these people I know, not all of them, but we're hopefully going to invite some of them on yes. to the podcast, talk to, to them, learn about where they're from in California, why that's important, where yep. they're from. Um, uh, there's water stories, there's grain stories, there's uh, local community stories. There's so many stories to tell about California spirits, and I think that's what we're hoping to do. Yeah, well, you you will be... I'm taking a note out of Huel Hauser's book, Rest His Soul, great man. Uh, join us, really, because we're, we're going to be traveling around the state uh, virtually and maybe hopefully physically. Uh, Ooh, that'd be fun. Yes, Can we do that, that would please? be fun. Yes. And... Uh, Travel, and travel, travel, travel. Travel's good. Um, we will be sampling some of the best that the, the state has to offer. Um, now, California gets a bad rap because, you know, we're California. We're awesome. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's not, we get a bad rap for being awesome. I mean, you know, they hate us because they ain't us. Yeah. <laughs> Eighth largest economy in the world, I think, right? Yeah, it used to be fifth. Might still be fifth. I think it's. We're looking at you, China. We're inside 10. <laughs> we're we're inside 10. <laughs> But but we make everything. We make all the spirits. Yeah. Um. Uh. And and that's what this is about is yeah. finding out well, like who we, the people are behind us. We're not better than anyone. We're not better than anyone in this in in the country or in the world. We just we we like what we like and, and we we are California is is this is is embodied by this idea of of discovery and growth. And gambling on the chance that you could make something out of nothing, which is essentially what what, what distilling is, is making something out of disparate parts of our universe, right? Um, California is built on chance. Cheers to that. California is built on, on the ability to <laughs> spend multiple nights not sleeping to, to, to hoping for a better day. And th th that's what, and hopefully the reward at the end of that better day is one of these. And uh, we, we, we're really, really happy that we're doing this again. And uh, this will be a whole new experience for us. So please follow along. We'll be having episodes out. How do people find us? Still? How do oh, people find us? Um, we're on Instagram, uh, Distilled California. We're on YouTube, Distilled California. Uh Facebook to still California. And we also will have a, um, a, a supplemental cocktail show uh, called oh, the California yeah. mix. I'm uh, looking forward to seeing this. I haven't yeah, seen it yet. Starring uh, um, our buddy Eck, the bartender, where he makes um, classic cocktails with a California twist. Basically he takes your, uh, your aviations and your old fashions and your fedoras. For those that don't know what that is, you're going to learn. Um, and your, uh, blood and sand cocktails, but with all California spirits. Uh, so we really embody the cocktail with the California identity. Um, it, it may not be for everybody, but it's for us. Uh, and we're hoping that it will be for you too. And you learn and you grow and you learn and grow along with us because that's what we're here for. Right. Uh, make literally making something out of nothing and hoping for the chance for a better day. Let's get spiritual. Let's get spiritual. Oh, yeah. Uh, so what else? We have to chill ourselves out about two other things, right? No, one uh, other thing. I'm drunk now. Bowers. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. So May 22nd, <laughs> May 22nd, we will have. Are you drunk now? No, I'm not drunk now. Um, actually, 
I have to check my phone for the title. <laughs> oh, yeah, what is it called? I don't know. We're gonna we're gonna do this, but basically live in right? person at Bowers Museum in Santa Ana, California. Uh, let me check the emails. Let's see. Yeah, I know. Hey, yeah, you, right. you, yeah, you can hate me later. It's fine. That you know. Ah, it is called. Oh, okay, guys, you're getting the. <laughs> You're you're getting like, you're getting the notice before it actually goes out publicly by Bowers. Okay. So, Whoa. Yes, I am staring at the camera most news. emphatically. Distilled California, an imbibed history. Program description. <laughs> Join Dylan Almondral, gentleman historian, eh. and Ryan Friesen, distiller extraordinaire, eh. <laughs> for an evening of libations and laughs as we dive into. <laughs> As we dive into the rich legacy of subtle inebriation in Orange County with its beginnings as a premier wine region of California prior to Northern California's rise to fame, uh, we will discuss Orange County's boozy history prior to 1900 and the technology and techniques of distilling. Uh, we will also be showcasing the Bowers Museum's historic brandy still, formerly owned by Don Juan Forster. Oh, that's right. This is yeah. cool stuff. Yes. This is cool stuff. I've got a sneak preview of that. Yeah, it's a it's an amazing exhibit uh, called the Bounty of California. It's it's always been there. It's not going anywhere. It's a permanent exhibit, um, part of the uh, Bowers collections, and it, it really it transports you right into the the into the days before Orange County existed, pre eighteen eighty nine, and that's when we seceded from L A County from from uh, our, our our big cousin up there in the in the Hollywood Land. But anyway, so <laughs> that's full circle, right? That is full California circle. spirits, the booze, the history, the yeah. myths, the legends. Yeah, the you history. Figure out some yeah. myths and legends. Prohibition stuff is really cool. prohibition stuff is yeah. Like for instance, did did you know that sake was being made here by Issei and Nisei individuals in Orange County prior to, uh, prior Since to the first moment they got here? Yeah, yeah. And there's vestiges of that all over the county. Dylan, who are Issei and Nisei? Uh, Issei are our first generation uh, uh, Japanese. Uh, Nisei is second generation Japanese. Thanks. Uh, I, yes, I I did a lot of work with the um, Gopher Broke National Education Center in um, Little Tokyo uh, for an, for about a year and a half. And the Japanese uh, History Museum has a great exhibit. Janum, yes, across well, the right? literally across the alley. Yes. Uh, so you, you can see that we kind of know what we're talking about. Maybe, maybe. I mean, I'm a history nerd. He's a history nerd, but he makes cool stuff. I just, you know, write about cool stuff. That's it. What's more useful? This stuff. <laughs> That's us. Okay. So thank you all. Um, how do we end this? I have no idea. Okay. Let's see. Hold on. Hold on. Thank you for joining us on this journey into California's libation history. We will see you next week. Um, be safe. Uh, be loved and be joyed. Bye-bye. <sighs>